Welcome everyone to Dabo's Fingers, episode 91, Doctrine of Exceptionalism. I'm Scad, and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hey, Kalasa! In this episode, we continue our coverage of the rule of Jaehaerys and Alicent Targaryen. The selection we're covering, Fire and Blood, you guessed it. Uh, let's see, we are starting, we're, we're kind of smack in the middle of the chapter called A Surfeit of Rulers, which is page 161, and we're going to uh, the chapter through death, through the chapter titled Birth, Death, and Betrayal under King Jaehaerys I, kind of going to the middle of that chapter, page 206, okay, all these chapter number page numbers and everything are coming from the the hardcover edition of the book but 161 through 206 today okay get it right yeah these chapters are they're not they're not that podcast friendly like lengthwise so we're kind of having to right. chop them up a little bit yeah going with themes and everything scared you've done a good job of finding good stopping points so. oh thanks um, this one isn't this one isn't our best but uh you know it's fine hey so uh, it'll, it'll... Content, content. <laughs> so, uh, I think everyone's kind of on the page of where we've been and what we're doing here. We started off with with some fire and blood coverage, actually starting with the novellas, which at the time we didn't realize were completely contained within fire and blood. So we also used fire and blood as source material when we covered those novellas. Once the development material ended, we were like, "Well, man, we're right smack in the middle of the dance." Dance of Dragons, let's just keep going. So we just kept going and then kept going and kept going to the end of Fire and Blood. Now we did a reach around back to the beginning and we're going through Jaehaerys Rule. And we only have, Matt, I think it's four more episodes, including this one, before we finish off Fire and Blood yeah. content. So we're getting uh, we're getting down there to the end of it. We sure are, my friend. And then it's just going to be the Kevin Smith episodes, I think. We're going to do Kevin Smith and... Uh... <laughs> And 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 then I think we're going to start our read through the Book of Mormon, right? Um, only if we do Book of Mormon musical first. <laughs> I would do it. I believe you would. All right. Uh, let's see. So we recently on our Patreon page put out a uh, question of a Google Hangout, right? Convenient times and dates for that. And we've had people responding to that already. So be on the lookout, Kalisar, for... Uh, if you if you are joined us on Patreon, we'll have a Google Hangout scheduled coming sometime soon, and we'd love to have all of you on there to protect yeah. your beautiful faces and voices. Yeah, really excited for that. The last one we had, uh, we really had fun with. I'm excited to get more more people on and uh, pick a better time, and I'm really excited. We yep. also, Matt, in the last since the last time we recorded. Some something pretty major has happened that we've been looking forward to for a while. The Mandalorian. Mm. The what? The man. The man. The Mandalorian has released. What? A Star What's Wars that? series on the new Disney Plus, which Disney Plus is all the rage out there. Yeah. Uh, I would know. I've only been watching the Mighty Duck trilogy over and over again. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on there, man. Holy crap! It's, I mean, it's not Netflix, right? But it's there's quite a bit on there. There's a bunch. Uh, thoughts on the Mandalorian? I really like it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I was pretty much all in before it released. I'm a big John Favreau fan. Some yeah. of my favorite creators have been through that before on this podcast, and the way you could tell the way he's treating it 
with the love and respect he's giving. He's also involved uh, Dave Filoni, who did uh, the Clone Wars, which which I'm also a fan of. And um, so you know, I'm 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 kind of all in on it. It's it's also you know, uh, it's it's a it's a Western feel kind of and um, reminiscent of you know the space Western kind of reminiscent of Firefly a little bit, but but obviously bringing it into the Star Wars world, which just makes it more you know more attractive to me and you agreed love it um it it doesn't feel it's got that westerny feel but without feeling campy it's a lot of fun you can you mentioned the care that favreau mentioned or that is, is bringing to it and i totally agree with that there's lots of things that feel very star wars and you can tell he's very careful and calculated he and the other show creators about how they're presenting it and everything from the cantina scene in episode one i mean to you know it felt very star warsian and uh bringing in some of the characters that are total fan service the ig droid um you'll get another one in uh in episode two um and of course, the reveal of our favorite new little cutest sci-fi character ever. Yeah, spoilers uh, for those of us that haven't seen it. Right. <laughs> but you notice I didn't say who it was. Who it was the cutest little yeah. guy ever? Yeah. Uh, and man, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I I always find myself sad when an episode comes to an end, and I say always. There's only been two episodes, but uh, it's great. And I also love how it's kind of dropping you into the middle of the story and it makes you kind of figure stuff out. It doesn't really introduce the character. We don't even really know the main guy's name yet. Right. Yeah. Like, nor do you get to see him. You nor do you get into like... the middle of it. Yeah. You haven't seen his face. Yeah. Uh, and you're just kind of figuring out what he's doing and, and what are his motivations and why he's doing stuff. And it gives you these little bits and pieces here but you're still kind of wondering and that's a lot of fun. I like that style of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Dropping you right in the middle like that. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's a little Bainesian, uh, you know, get this reasonably well-known actor and pay him money to come be your lead and then, uh, hide him, hide his voice and his face under a helmet. So you can barely tell it's him. Um, Oh, I was born in the shadows. That's my bane. That's my. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right. Well, uh, let's move oh. on. Uh, you already know this, but there's no Davos after dark. Man, I can't wait to get back to episodes where we have Davos after dark. But for now, we don't <laughs> have them. This is all historical stuff, and we talk about the main series and Duncan Egg and everything in between if we want to. So deal with it. Uh huh. Yeah. Big. Jerks. Um, nope. No. Not jerks. We love you. Wow. So off brand for you. Man, I I just come back from New York and all of a sudden I'm like oh. all <laughs> Yeah, you've you've uh taken some of their some of their attitude with you. Yeah, some of their sass. Uh if you want to contact us guys, we love chatting with you, even when I'm cranky. Um so you can always find us at DavosFingers.com. Our email address is we are DavosFingers at Gmail. Our Twitter handle is at DavosFingers. We're on Facebook. And you can find more about our Patreon program at Patreon.com slash DavosFingers. That's right. Let's dive in, man. Yep. All right. Here's a just a quick summary to remind you kind of where we came from. 
The realm is healing after the destructive reigns of Aenus and Maegor. A promising new king has been crowned, and there are capable regents in place to guide the realm until he comes of age. But it's not all as pleasant as it seems, as we found out in the last episode. Mm. Marriages made without consultation rankle the king, the hand of the queen regent, and the queen in the west, Rayanna, among others. And the milk is turning a bit sour at this point. Rogar and Alyssa are trying to undo one of those marriages with Guile while they try to keep their own marriage stable. Meanwhile, Rayanna has used her marriage as a tool to live the life she wants, but hmm. that has impacts on those around her also. All the while, Jaya Harris and Allison remain on Dragonstone, training and reading and learning and cuddling until he comes of age to take the throne for himself. So that's kind of the summary. Yeah, good summary. Uh, but before we get to Jaharis and Alisan, we're actually going to go across Westeros to the western end to another island. They're on the island of Dragonstone right now. We're going to go to another one in uh, Fair Isle. So, Skad, you got us a, a quote to kick off this section? I do. His wife, Lady Jocasta, suggested privately that one or more of the eggs would make a fine gift if her grace should wish to show her gratitude to House Lannister for taking her in. When that ploy proved unsuccessful, Lord Lyman offered to buy the eggs outright for a staggering sum of gold. Hmm. What does... What? Why eggs? Hmm. Why eggs? that in a minute. I wonder. So, as I said, uh, let's, we're going to start it off in Fair Isle today. So, everyone, we haven't done this in a while, but suck and swiss mappas. Yeah. Um, Fair Isle is over on the Sunset Sea. That's on the west side of Westeros. They are part of the Westerlands. It's a little north of Casterly Rock, uh, not too far from the Iron Islands. And, and we've seen and we will see uh, that the Iron Islands take advantage of that on occasion. Um, and it's there on Far Isle that Reyna, Queen of the West Targaryen, is residing right now, kind of bunking down. Uh, she'd been offered refuge there, clear since Magor's reign, and, you know, most people are happy to have her. Uh, Mark Piper, or not Mark Piper, he's in the main series. Mark, uh... <laughs> Farman? Farman. Mark Farman it runs Fair Isle right now of House Farman, and he's happy to have her around. He's kind of just happy with whatever. Um, Raina, guess what? She got married, man. Again. She did. Good for her. Yeah, good honor. She's on her third marriage now, unfortunately. Just a quick recap. She she originally married her brother Aegon, the uncrowned. He was killed. Uh, then she became one of Magor's three black brides, which was obviously Ugh. a traumatic experience. And uh, this time, she's married Andro Farman. Now, that's Who? a legendary name, right? You've heard of him before? No, you haven't heard of him. First of all, he's clear out on Far Fair Isle. Second of all, he's the second son of, uh, of Mark Farman. He's not even the heir. Um, he's handsome, but has been described as half a girl himself. He's soft of speech, gentle, uh, very little martial skills. Um, and you know, so he can't fight, but he's also said he's not clever enough to even be a maester. So, but whatever, he's nine he's, years. He's a dude. Than Reyna. He's a yep, dude. He's, 
nine years younger than Reyna. So why did Reyna choose him? According to her, he was kind to me. Okay. And on one hand, considering she'd just been married to Magor Targaryen, that scene, when you put it into that context, it seems like an okay thing then. Good on you. You found someone that treats you well, Reyna. You deserve it. You've, You've undergone a lot of trauma in your life. But on the other hand, maybe Andro's there to cover things up. Yeah, uh, offer. She he serves as a disguise, maybe. <laughs> Maester Smike. That's a great name, by the way. Smike. It is. Maester Smike of, of Fair Isle, in service to House Farman. It says the queen found her true love on Fair Isle, not with Andro, but with controversy. His sister, Lady Alyssa. Alyssa Farman, she's uh, older than Andros. Um, she's only six years younger than Reyna. And she's the exact opposite of Andros. She's sharp of wit, sharp of tongue. She loved writing. She loves animals. You remember when Reyna was younger, she loved animals too. Uh, she loved singing and archery. But most of all, what does she love to do, Scad? She loves to sail, man. She loves the open sea, which is good for living on Fair Isle. That's a good thing to like. It says she spent more time at sea than land. She sailed herself around Fair Isle at 14 years old, and then she's ventured further and further out the more she's grown up. Uh, Her goal eventually was to take a ship beyond the horizon to the far side of the Sunset Sea, reminiscent to me of of, uh, Corliss Valerion. Um, Yet, Yet predating him. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Remember, even though we've already covered Corliss Valerian in the podcast, he has not been born yet. But it's getting close. Um, yeah. This episode. The two even. were just. Yeah. Very end, right? Yeah. The two were, were described as like minded companions. A pal and a confidant. Yeah. Uh, the two of them formed one half of what came to be called the Four-Headed Beast on Fair Isle. It was uh, Reyna, Alyssa, and then Reyna's two friends. We've, we've talked about them in previous episodes, Elaine Royce and Samantha Stokeworth. These two, uh, these four kind of became, I don't know, the virtual like mean girls of Fair Isle. I don't sounds know how like mean it. they were. Yeah. What? It sounds like it, yeah. But they were they were the popular kids. Uh, everyone wanted to sit at their table at lunch. People would come to see and visit with them. They like were just enchanting, and everyone loved them. And they knew all the they knew all the the gossip of Fair Isle and everything. Uh, Andro would try to like hang out with the mean girls, and sometimes Reyna would let him. But a lot of times, it sounds like just leave, buddy. Uh, she she'd even it even says she took the 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 four-headed beast flying with her on her dragon dreamfire but never andro um not everyone though is pleased that reyna was there uh there were poor fellows on the island who obviously didn't like the targaryens there were those who were afraid of um, her dragon dreamfire uh also using the excuse that you know dreamfire is growing he's eating a lot he's going to eat all our food uh, probably the biggest opposer to her being there, though, was Franklin Farman. This is Andrew and Alyssa's big brother, the heir to Fair Isle, Mark's oldest son. 
uh, he felt Reyna was ungrateful for the sacrifice that he he had fought at, at the God's Eye in Aegon's name. Um, is un- she felt that he felt that Reyna was ungrateful for his sacrifice and the sacrifices his family. He was also mad that she didn't do her queenly duty to encourage Alyssa to do what she should, which is to get married and start an alliance and all that reason that women get married in Westeros. Um, also, he was just jealous of all the popularity that the four-headed beast had on the island. People would come to talk to them and not him. Oh, heavens. Yeah, I get it, though. I get it. Yeah. Like, do you, 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 well, yeah, you ate most of your life. I mean, I think he's in his 40s, frankly. He's older, yeah. Uh, you know, he waits most of his life to take over and be the man, right? You know, he's going to be the one in charge and be the one people come to see and then in swoops this woman and her dragon and her three friends and you're not the man and who's not paying rent or not paying rent not helpful you know and i i even get a little bit his you know his resentment about her attitude about about what he gave up in the the fight with for Aegon, because Uh we've covered this a little bit before I, i don't I don't come down on Rayanna super hard on this because I think she was just kind of smart because she knew that Balerion was going to kill them regardless. But like she didn't put up in that fight. She didn't help. She didn't she didn't go all in like everyone else did and she asked all these men to do so and a lot of them died. So I get where this guy's coming from, frankly. I'm I'm on his side. Frankly, get frankly, it? Franklin? Eh, eh. Get it? I'm on his side in this in this a little bit. I mean, I don't think he handles it super well, and it's it's clear that he's, you know, his jealousy is not it's not something he deals with very effectively. But I get where he's coming from. I think I would land on on his side too, just by default, because I'm not a Reyna Targaryen fan at all, and that yeah. will come out later in this episode. Um, so about a year after Andrew and Reyna were married. Mark Farman dies and Franklin inherits. And next day, next day, Franklin kicks Raina off Fair Isle, saying, you're not wanted here. You are not welcome here. Take your dragon with you and your friends and my little brother. But do not presume to take my sister. She will remain here and she will be wed to a man of my choosing. Maester Smike says I could see the fire in her eyes, and the maester says that he's actually legit worried that she was going to burn the whole place down. Um, but indeed, Reyna departs that night by dragon. She instructs her uh, her posse, her entourage, to follow the next day by ship. So the next morning, uh, the, the four-headed beast, and there's only three of them right now, and Andro and the entourage head down to the docks. There's about 40 more people with them. Alyssa Farman is there with them. She isn't about to hang around just because Franklin wants her to. Um, they were even going to take her ship. That was the ship they were going to take. It's called the Maiden's Fancy. Franklin shows up at the docks, tries to stop her. The small folk take care of business. Uh, a lot of the people who work down at the docks and stuff, they knew who Alyssa was. They liked her. They stood up for her. Uh, they overwhelmed Franklin and about the dozen guards he took with him comical thing about franklin being shoved into like a pile of cod or something like that uh and anyways 
they all get on the ship, Alyssa among them, and they set sail for Lyman Lannister and Casterly Rock. That's where Rain is going next. Um, uh, he'd protected them before. His wife was friends with Reyna. His bastard son, Tyler Hill, had fought for Aegon at the God's Eye. He's like super hospitable, right? He's totally taken him, happy to have all of them there. But it becomes quickly apparent, Scad, that Lyman had other interests than just goodness of heart here. His servants, Reyna observed, were spying. Um, they were like asking questions like if she and Andro had ever like consummated their marriage. Uh, Tyler Hill uh, consequently was openly flirtatious with Reyna. Jocasta hints, as she did in the quote that Scad read, that she wanted a dragon's egg. And then eventually Lyman ends up offering to buy Reyna's three dragon eggs that she had. Um, the idea is that he had ambitions to A, and I'm interested in, Scad, what you think of this, ambitions to A, become a dragon rider. Uh, the, the Lannisters can start becoming dragon riders and therefore equal to the Targaryens, or B, and or B, align with the Iron Throne via marriage. Um, thoughts, Scad? The Lannisters making a big power play here? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what the Lannisters do. Um, I, I mean, I kind of love it when George does this. He he does this a lot in Fire and Blood. He kind of picks up on themes that, that are pervasive within the main series and, and just kind of puts them in here, right? Slips them in. And, um, you know, yeah, the Lannisters are, they're power hungry. They, they want to be the number one family, not the number three or four family or whatever the hell they are. And... Uh, yeah, I think they want a dragon. I think they feel like if they had a dragon, they could start turning the tables. You know, it's interesting because um, one of the things we're going to talk about later and the, the name of this episode, uh, the Doctrine of Exceptionalism, the Doctrine of Exceptionalism indicates the Targaryens are different and, you know, they can ride dragons and other people can't. We've been through this before during the Dance of Dragons with other people that aren't necessarily Targaryens that end up being able to drive, ride them. Um Mm-hmm. And there are, and there are questions within the main series too about who else might be able to ride Danny's dragons, um, but yeah, he's he's interested. He wants to try it. He doesn't think this is this is a he doesn't seem to think this is a barrier at all, and he wants them. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 the 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 obviously the the link to the crown too, but um, I think he sees that still. I think he still sees the marriage potential as as still an opportunity to get dragons. Just an opportunity, right? Yeah. I think so. Rain is not yeah. really going for the gonna get to the crown. Taking a Targaryen princess, ruse of hospitality, right? But and it says he wanted dragons. Yeah, put that in italics in the text. Right. Yeah. Raina decides we cannot remain here. Oh, nice of you to pick up on that, lady. Um, and uh, they make plans to to leave Casterly Rock. So, meanwhile, just to finish up this section, we're gonna cruise on back over to King's Landing, where the top of the to do list right now is refilling the royal coffers. Vagor's wars had been ruinous, and coronations and weddings that had happened recently hadn't exactly been on a budget. Uh, Edwell Keltigar had attempted to right the ship via taxation of who? The small folk, of course. But all that earned him and and earned the crown, too, was animosity. 
the small folk, it was kind of funny that it taxed the small folk for whatever. Um, so they would simply take their business elsewhere and it just made things worse. Like they would tax the innkeepers and, and trade and everything at the King's Landing dock at the Blackwater Bay and everything. So people would just stay at other inns or they would go to different docks and avoid taxation there. Um, I think it's this part where it says that the, the same taxes that they instilled in King's Landing were also supposed to be installed at uh, Old Town and where was it? Lannisport? Yeah, I think Lannisport. But the, the Lannisters and Hightowers just basically ignored it and didn't ever enforce it or anything. They're like, no, we're just not, we're not going to do that. And so didn't ever find any footing or success. But that's where we end this part. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I got a few things. Um, Alyssa Farman. So everybody's at, everybody's after everybody's after Danny, right? When and her dragons in Karth. Um, we see here everyone's after Rayanna and her eggs and her dragons. Mm-hmm. And we we have Alyssa as well, who is maybe her soulmate, maybe something deeper than just a friend. Than, than even yeah. Samantha and and Lady Royce oh, there. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we also know that it, that turns a bit sour later. Is Alyssa just after something too? At this stage? Maybe at this stage. We know later on she just wants to go back to the sea, yeah. right? Yeah, well, she asks for stuff later, for sure. Yeah. Uh. I don't know now though. Maybe she's maybe she's in it for the right reasons now. It's hard to tell. Maybe she is. Yeah, we don't get her point of view at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe she was just in it because she'd found a soulmate or at least a best friend. Um. And who? To... Maybe dragons would help get her to that. Maybe she thought dragons could get her to that goal of crossing the sunset sea, right? Of right. Dragon riding rather than taking a ship. So maybe the the goals kind of align there. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, put bluntly, I guess, do you think the four headed beast was doing the beast with four backs? Were they, were they all just getting jiggy with it? You know, to put a- it in nineties parlance. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think guys, I, <laughs> what, no, they weren't. They just had their meet, their book where they would write down. What was that book called on Mean Girls where they'd sit and write? The burn book? Terrible things. Yeah. Stuff like that. That was it. I mean, it 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 isn't... I mean, I, I think probably we're meant to believe that they're getting it on too, but it's not totally crazy to just think like, yeah, these are four women that have it figured out and like the power and control they have and yeah, that it's not sexual at all. But I, I think we're meant to think it is. Let me explore that Dra- side of things. Dragons, yeah. well, dragon riding is frequently. Uh, we have that whole scene with Danny, right, with the where she's flying up on on Drogon, which is very sexual, and they make mm-hmm. a very strong point here to say Andrew didn't go on Dragonback, and and that but could the be, other girls did. That could be a hint as well, right? Because dragons That's sometimes equal sex. 
uh, in these books. Get your mind out of the gutter, my. Head there's more. Kid. There's more later. I feel bad about it, but my my brain was there apparently while while making notes <laughs> for this. Um, Sounds like just another Davos fingers episode, <laughs> yeah, my friend. Yeah, I'll someday, uh, maybe episode ninety two will be the one where I stop apologizing for it. Um, yeah, Andrew, uh, Andrew, rather, I feel bad for. Um, you know, I think he's just uh, I don't know. I'm mixed. He was a dude that probably wasn't going to have like a great life anyway, right? So he's getting used basically, but. I don't, but I don't think Rayan is maybe being cruel to him either, right? No, she's not she's dressing. Not she's not dressing him up in motley and like being a bitch yeah, about she, it or anything. She's just she's not, not humiliating him. But she's not giving him, you know, the soulmate that everyone deserves. But and I don't think she goes out of her way to make him happy or anything. No, like no. she talks. He, I didn't say this in my summary, but um, when he was kicking when Franklin kicked everyone off the Island, he offered Andro offered to take on Franklin in single combat. Right. And I don't have her response down here, but it was essentially, she didn't say like, Oh no, I I couldn't bear losing you. It was basically like, no, he would kill you. And then I'd be down another husband. Like there was no like tender feelings of thank you for trying sweetie, but I couldn't bear to lose you. You're, well, that it's more like, now oh, then I'd be a widow again, and that would really suck. Is is that the place where she also talks about if I were a widow again, they'd start saying all sorts of bad things about me? Yep, all about her, man. Yeah, and that's the thing with Reina frickin' Targaryen, all about her. Yeah, yeah, she's not the best. Uh, <laughs> we have we have. I had a Twitter conversation with uh, Ride the Maverick is the Twitter handle. Um, she's she's been a follower of ours for a long time and yeah, listens to the podcast. Yeah, she's I great. Yep. Uh, she was just getting on us about when we talk about how much we hate the Targaryens, which I think is me more than you lately. But, uh, like, this is an example. Like, she's just an awful person. There, right? There's, there's, yeah. I, I'm generally pretty accepting of of characters and stuff. Reina Targaryen, nope. <laughs> nope, do not like her, Sam. I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had it rough. I don't want to. She did. Yeah. I don't want to like give her no benefit of any doubt of, of any kind because she, she yeah, had it she rough. Did. But she did. She's gone through a lot. She also kind of figured out who she was pretty early. I think. Um, you know, like she figured out she liked animals and she liked riding more than anything, riding dragons more than anything, and she kind of knew who she was. So I don't think. I don't think this is like an era for her where she's like, all right, I finally figured it out. Let me marry this guy. It's like she was just finally sick of not having control and power and uh, in, over her life. And so she made it happen, which there's a certain amount of grudging respect I have for that. But she doesn't do it in a a nice way. Anyway. Um... Uh, do I want to talk about this? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, I think that's all I got. Cool. You got anything else? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, let's move on to the, ne- the next section here. Uh, all right, here's the quote for this section. 
So firm was she in her belief, and so gentle and kindly and loving in all else, that the Septa and the other wise women found they could not condemn her, and with every passing day they clove more to her side. Aww. It's referring, of course, to the... <laughs> The the women that that uh, Alyssa sent to try to coerce Alisanne uh, into giving up on her marriage. We'll get to that a little bit later in this section, but yeah, we'll see how that worked out. We're following up now on on the economy stuff, which which Matt started to get into in his section. What a terrible section break that was that I gave you. It's like oh, you can talk about the economy for one paragraph. Anyway, I find it a little. <laughs> That's all right. I'll do what I'm told. We're gonna, we're gonna, keep, we're gonna stick with it. It wasn't just the economy, though, yo. Uh, it was a transition. It was a transition. Was a transition place. Segue. Yeah. Well, it was. It it was a little weird because they only really do talk about the economy for like that one or two paragraph piece. So I sure. gave it to you, yep. and, and then they move on to some of this other stuff. But it is struggles in the realm, which uh, specifically the Dornish are getting a little salty down there again. They're they wanting are, to. Yeah. They're wanting to test the new crown. Perhaps seeing Rogar busy in King's Landing with other stuff and away from the Stormlands there, they start raiding the marshes again. A new Vulture King rises up, of course. There's one for every generation, it seems. Uh, the North is also up in arms. Brandon Stark went down for the Golden Wedding. He's the head of the house. And he died upon his return, which some thought to be causal. Um, his son Walton took over and did so ably, but he died pursuing the end to an uprising of the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. And he was pulled limb from limb after slaying two giants north of the wall while he was trying to track down the last remnants of this kind of rebellion. His brother Alaric took over, but blamed Jay Harris for all of it. Why is that, Matt? Do you know? Got to blame someone. He's got to blame someone. Well, he, he. I think they part partially for the golden wedding and and, and that, but but also. This the, rebellion uh, the happened. Watch thing. Yes, the rebellion yeah. that happened was started by poor fellows and uh, warriors. Warrior, the son, the blah 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 blah. The, the Kingsguard members. The, well, the Kingsguard members too. The two Kingsguard members that were sent to the wall instead of murder, instead of killed, and other members of the faith that they gave the option to take the black. Right. So. They all rallied up, and uh, these two Kingsguard members actually created seats of their own at, you know, at, at different Night's Watch forts. Right at different Night's Watch forts, and so he blames he blames them for that. He's like, "You should have killed these guys. If you had done that, I wouldn't be doing this." Which scared these Kingsguard guys. Yeah. Did they really think they could hold castles along the wall in the north? What? What? Like, we're going to take over two castles of the Night's Watch, and we're going to hold them Yeah, against all the North. Here's, here's what really? I'm going to say uh, about, about this, and it's more just a comment on humanity than it is about this specific situation. Sometimes, I think people, in this case these two Kingsguard members, they get used to a certain standard of life. They get used to a certain position of power and influence. And they start to feel like it's owed to them. And when they get knocked down, in this case, many, many pegs, there's not there's not a whole lot keeping them from doing crazy shit like this. They've already fallen so far. They've already been knocked down so far from where they were that this is just disgusting where they are to them now, right? 
And so, so they just go for anything. They're going for anything. Like what? What do we got to lose? You know. It, it just seems like, yeah, that's got to be the attitude. Yeah. Because they they talk about how the the um, Night's Watch castles, at least Castle Black, I guess I don't know the other ones totally, are not. It's not well fortified on the southern end of the wall, right? The south side, because. Yeah. They're not defending against that side, generally. Correct. So it seems like it's just not sustainable. No. If the Night's Watch guys don't come after you and retake the castle, the, you think the Starks are just going to let you live there? The Starks? Yeah. No. No. Never. It just it seems like the most idiotic decision they could have made. But yeah, maybe if they'd gotten to that point mentally, then I mean, that's what they... They're, they're southern boys. They're fucking frozen up there. There's no good mm-hmm. food. There's no good drink. You know, there's no women. Although, the, you know, Kingsguard, they're not supposed to have those anyway. But, uh, you know, they're just, they're fed up. Yeah. It's a fun story, though. It, it is. Not not for <laughs> not for Brandon, uh, Walton, and Alaric. But, yes, <laughs> a fun a fun story for us. All right, moving on. Um, so while that's while that's happening, uh, sure. you know, so so this is remember this is not really Jay Harris ruling yet. He's still on Dragonstone. This is Rogar and Alyssa as regents, kind of taking care of the kingdom, and and their wedding that Brandon Brandon Stark was returning from. Meanwhile, J and A are still frolicking on Dragonstone, where the sand isn't rough or coarse and doesn't get everywhere. Uh, they train and study and hold court and more and more lords come to see the new king requesting advice and judgment and boons and awards and things like that. Yeah. They also fly to Driftmark on occasion to visit with the Valerians. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lord Rogar doesn't like any of this shit. He's like, he is not in charge right now. You shouldn't be visiting him. Come here. Oh, by the way, I don't actually want you to go there because you might find out about the wedding and the marriage. <laughs> you know, so anytime a, a ruler has to tell someone to come to them instead yeah, of someone else, you yeah. know, there's a problem. Yeah, it's like at work, where the boss is like, "You're supposed to come to me, not to them." Yes, very much smacks of of uh, Tywin Lannister. Any anyone who has to to say they are king is no king. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, which I think I paraphrased and didn't get exactly, but. Um, Heaven forbid. He even petitions. He even petitions from Damon Valerian uh, to to basically <laughs> set up a blockade on Dragonstone with his fleet, so that people aren't answer. visiting. No. No. <laughs> Just no. That's it. No. Yeah. I mean, I I think that one word answer is kind of meant to show. You've heard like the, the term lame duck, right? Like you're a lame duck ruler yep. or whatever. Like I, I think everyone knows like this is only a matter of time, Rogar. Like we're just waiting this out. I'm not going to follow your, you know, designs. Like we're just, we're just waiting this out. And also I'm not scared of you. Yeah, absolutely. Although I bet Rogar could take him one-on-one anyway. Well. Yeah, that's my, that's my Baratheon love affair coming back. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so you may remember also the last episode, Rogar and Alyssa had sent several companions to Dragonstone to affect the relationship between J and A. Well, Cack none of... Black. <laughs> Cack Black. 
Yeah. None of those plans have worked. Instead, Alisan convinced them how right she was that she and Jay were just, were just destined to rule together as man and wife. As for Corianne Wilde, you remember that whole story that she was, um, you know, very colorful arrangement, supposedly made with Rhaegar to seduce Jay Harris. We don't really know for sure. The stories are all over the map. One that she betted Jay Harris and his entire Kingsguard, or that she betted Jay Harris and Alisan together at the same time, or lastly, maybe, and George has the gall to call this sweet, uh, that Corianne was won over by Jay Harris and Alisan. She kind of fell in love with both of them, not literally, um, but but really liked them, was won over, and decided to help Jay Harris become a competent lover in order to help their marriage. Hmm. It doesn't, I mean, probably none of those things really happened. Yeah, um, with you on that. You know, but for her part, Corianne left Dragonstone not long after. Uh, she yeah. fled with, with some dude who was already had another wife. They took off and stole shit and gone. Um, she was there for four months, I think. Meanwhile, you know, it's been like over a half a year since the standoff at Dragonstone, and people are starting to talk. The whispers about J. Harris and Alison marriage are spreading, and their plots to undo the, the marriage have failed, so Rogar and Alyssa are forced to acknowledge the obvious. This marriage is here to stay. Alyssa focused on wanting to protect her children, to do everything in their power to make this work and keep the realm healed. Rogar, though, took the opposite approach. He says, We were fools to crown J. Harris. He thinks only of himself, and he will be a worse king than his father was. Thank the gods that it is not too late. We must act now and put him aside. <gasps> Record scratch. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what? unexpected. <laughs> so... <laughs> Excuse me? Baking wow. powder? Huh? <laughs> Good Wayne's World drop. So, you gotta have one. You gotta have one. Um, so... The reaction is not good. It's it's worse it's worse than Matt and my reaction. The Queen Regent immediately goes to tears while the others in the room insist this is not the right action. Prentice Tully Yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah, of of the Riverlands asking if he if he Rogar intends to take the crown for himself, which Rogar quickly denies. No, no, no. No, 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 no of course no. not. He just wants to place Aerea on the throne instead. And say send Jay Harris to Old Town to become a maester. He's a bookish lad. I'm sure he'd love it there. And by the way, I could continue his hand just to exactly guide her, shape her, teacher. Yeah. Very convenient how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also indicates that Rayana would support them, and she has a dragon. But none of the oh, council wow. want dragon wars, and they are terrified. So, you know, this is an interesting part. Uh, you know, he claims that all he wants is what's best for the Seven Kingdoms. And it just so happens that every single other person in the room disagrees with him. History's full of people like this that, that have one idea and get their mm-hmm. way about what's best. Um, and put rulers aside and do these things. But this is not going to be the case. Because Alyssa recovers from her tears... She says, I am the Queen Regent. Until my son shall come of age, all of you serve at my pleasure, including the hand of the king. Yeah, you do. 
And with that, she just dismisses him back to Storm's End. Peace. Go get it, girl. Uh, he, he does. He leaves that night uh, with instructions for his brother to bring Aerea with him. Uh, but she has been spirited away from her chambers. Alyssa uh, apparently snuffed that gambit out before it could play out. Sucker. And I say again, get it, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Alyssa I mean, making moves, man. I love it. Yeah. I, this is the right moves this time. Thank yes, you. very much. And uh, Alyssa is such an interesting character. I wish we got yeah. a little bit more, but... Um, you know, th- this is not. Th- we don't know exactly what Rogar's thinking, but this type of proposal is dangerous. Quite. They spend a little bit of time. George, uh, well, George spends a little bit of time outlining. You know, the people in that room put together pretty quick that we're talking about dragon wars, and and you know the the egg on the uncrowned falling from his dragon via Megor and Balerion is not that long ago. And nobody wants this. Mm-hmm. Aerea technically has a maybe a stronger claim. Some of these, you know, male versus female rights haven't really been sorted yet where we are in the story. Um, so it could be argued that Aerea has a better claim. But they can all sense how bad a dragon war would be. And they're basically just like, no, this is bad. Yeah, this isn't happening, bud. For Aurea's sake, uh, she calls this later the happiest time of her life. She's basically hidden away uh, in the stables uh, to Uh take care of horses and stuff like that. And um, yeah, she's got friends. Yeah, Yeah. she's got friends in barn places. (laughs) It's not gonna last. Thanks again, Reina. Yeah, there's a little bit of a discrepancy later with ARA we'll talk about, but um, a little later. So this, so despite Alyssa's uh, good choices here, uh, this wrecks her. She withdrew from court. She appointed her brother Damon as hand and left him to rule. He doesn't do much, spoiler. Uh, none of them do. Um, but she's kind of, this kind of destroyed her. Rogar... I mean, dude doesn't know how to give up. We'll give him that. He keeps fighting this battle, sending his youngest brother to Old Town with a cadre of men to try and get the real area. Because remember, there's this whole, uh, you know, parent trap thing going on. With the intent of making her queen. Those in the Sept at Old Town, though, were too wise. They spoil the plot. Thirty armed Septons under the High Septon steward Casper Straw disarm and detain Orin and his men... Lord Donald Hightower imprisons him and his men, tattletailing to King's Landing and to Dragonstone. Both, uh, unafraid to raise Rogar's ire at all, does not care one bit. So we got the Valerians first, and now the Hightowers, both being like, I don't care if this pisses you off. <laughs> what uh, does that say about Rogar? <laughs> well, I, you know... I don't know. The, the The previous chapters kind of indicate that he was well-respected. He was definitely, you know, a fiend in battle. Um, he was smart enough. But I, I think this speaks more to the timeline. Everyone knows his time is coming short. 
So there's just not going to be much he's going to be able to do for very long. Right? What do you think? I would agree with that, but I also think that the right personality can still do stuff. And, well, I say right, but I think of someone like Tywin Lannister, who basically ran the kingdom, and no one would have done the things to Tywin that or said the things to Tywin that they do to Joff or to uh, Rogar here. So well, I don't know about that. I mean, Rob Stark rose up in absolute rebellion. I mean, yeah, but Rob Stark was clear up in the north coming down. And I don't know if anyone, if, if Rogar, if Rogar would have said something to the master of ships or if Tywin would have said something to his master of ships, do you think that master of ships would have just told him no straight up? Uh, um, Maybe it's a different. Yes. Maybe it's a different situation. I don't remember what position Stannis had at the moment, but Stannis did exactly that. He also rose up in rebellion. To his face, you think he'd say no? Well, straight he was to on his Dragonstone, face? but he sent those letters basically saying, "Hey, your grandchildren are illegitimate." Yeah, Dragonstone's but, a convenient place to say no none, from. None of these people did it to his to Rogar's face either. High, Donald Hightower is in the most secure city in the in the land. But Damon was, wasn't he? Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he probably Anyways, was. At, he probably was at court. You're right. He was at court. Yeah. This is silly. But um, I think I get the impression that Rogar puffs himself up a little more than maybe some people see him. Hmm. Don't like he claims that he was a fiend in battle, but I don't remember if there were other people who said he was. Hmm. I don't know. We'll, I let, we'll let the Kalasar decide this one. Yeah. Who wins? Matters Gat on this one. What do you uh, think? I think they'll come down on, on your side because I think people don't like Rogar, which is under, understandable. I don't mind him. I think he's kind of silly. That's what I think of him. You know, he's an alcoholic. Is he's, he? He drinks like a machine, right? Do machines drink? <laughs> uh, he drinks like <laughs> like a... Like a, like a drinker. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, well, yeah. I mean, the the golden wedding stuff brings to mind the. Yeah, you're right. They had. They for sure were drinking. Then. He's a partier. I should yeah, say yeah. he's a partier. He, he's yeah, a he's partier. he's a Baratheon for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's a partier. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's like when he goes hard, he really goes hard. Yes. Anyway, this finally did defeat Rogar, who fell into despair as a done man, just waiting to be beheaded or sent to the wall. And he won't have to wait long, as Jaehaerys' name day is just around the corner, as the Regency kind of limps along in wait, not doing a whole lot. Yeah, they say the Regency says little and does less. Yeah. I, you know, for a Regency, that seems to be the right course of action in my mind. Totally depends on how long they have to last. Yeah. If you're going to be a Regent for like years, this. you can't do this. But if it's just a few months, it's like, yeah, just kind of wait it out. Tread water, let the yeah. new guy come in. Yeah, we'll pick things up there. Uh, one of my favorite little images in my mind is 30 armed septons. Yes. It seems fun to think about. Yes. <laughs> armed with what? Well, I you know, some of them probably were former, you know, former warrior sons and stuff, right? That have, Could have been poor fellows, yeah. yeah or poor fellows, sons. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of just like 30 guys standing in front of yes area yeah well and i kind of skipped it in my summary but after those 30 a bunch of actual armed men came down as well from from hightower so 
it was uh you know they 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 took care of it yeah yeah <sighs> anything else in this section I'm just looking at my notes. So oh, I put down the lyrics to Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. I think that was in relation to just Jaharis and Alisan and how they were Oh yeah. Building this dream together, standing strong forever, you know. That's a great song. Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's From gonna stop us now. From the movie Mannequin. Or Mannequin Or is? Mannequin Two. I think it's Mannequin Two. Maybe it's both. Mannequin oh, too, though. I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know there was a movie named Mannequin. So you've never seen the movie Mannequin? Dude. No, I've never seen the movie Ma- Mannequin. Okay, so we, this is gonna go on the on the Tumblr. Mannequin two. Here we go. Mannequin two is one of my favorites of all time. It's about both of them are about a mannequin that when this guy comes to work at this store to create the window scenes for a department store in New York the mannequin comes alive and then they frolic and play and have fun. And in the second one, it's, it's a queen of my heart for many a year, Christy Swanson, um, the original Buffy. And, uh, she's awful now, uh, for lots of reasons, but, um, but for a long time, she ruled my heart and mannequin too. She is, she's smoking. I'll just put it that way. Mannequins 2 is where the mannequins take over and turn the humans into the mannequins, <laughs> right? Uh, you're incredibly perceptive, man. Yeah. Anyways, and we can build this thing together. That's a good song. You don't like That's that a, song? It's a great Tell song. Go to hell. Yeah, love that song. That song. Nothing's gonna stop us now. I can just see Jaharis and Allison frolicking to that one. For sure. They probably wrote that song. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Should we move on? Do you have anything else on this one? No, I'm good. All right. So let's talk about A Rain Begins. Quote us. My lords, we have work to do. Yeah, you do. So, uh, as Scott mentioned, birthday's right around the corner for Jaharis. And, uh, of age Jaharis. On his name day, returns to King Landing upon Vermithor, accompanied by the cheers of the small folk. He was not, however, accompanied by Queen Alisanne, who stayed on Dragonstone for the nonce until they could be sure it was kosher for her to come. You know, there's still the whole issue of brother and sister being married. How's that going to be received? All of that stuff. So she stays behind. He comes. He changed since I last saw him. Grand, or, um, Benefer records the stripling who had flown to Dragonstone was gone and in his place was a man grown taller than before chest and arms had filled out hair was flowing loose about his shoulders and a fine golden down covered his cheeks and chin he, uh, he showed up wearing salt stained leathers garb fit for hunting or riding but on his sword belt he bore Blackfire. Yeah, he did. Right. Even sheathed, sheathed, the blade could be mistaken for no other, and a shiver of fear went through the Grand Maester when he saw that sword. Is there a warning there? Yes, probably. Jaharis, like others who we've talked about in the series, understood the importance of symbols. You have swords like Blackfire, and Blackfire becomes a, a symbol later on in Targaryen history as well. Um, but then you know what happens? 
Everyone's kind of nervous a little bit. Then Jahari smiles, and Benifer records that it was as it was as if the sun had broken through the clouds. Oh, how poetic! Whenever I see your smiling face, I have to smile myself because I love you. Um, and then Jahari says, as Scad quoted already, "My lords, we have work to do." He starts by remaking his inner council. Surround yourself with the right people. I love it. He uh, starts with his mother, Alyssa. Now, she hadn't shown up for Jaharis's showing up. Uh, he had to go to her, and they chat in private, and they come out of it. She's We don't know exactly what they talks about, but afterwards, she still attended to all her kind of queen dowager duties, but nothing in terms of actual ruling. She didn't attend council meetings anymore or anything like that. It was said that there was no joy left in her, as Scad mentioned. She was kind of broken. Uh, as for the rest of the council, some stayed and some went. Of note was uh, Manfred Redwine. He's the first non-Valerion to be named Master of Ships. And as we know, there's a long line of uh, Redwines who, who served in that position after. Septon Mateus. You remember old Septon Mateus? How could you forget? Big old dude, he was dismissed. You could see that one coming from a mile away, just like you could see him coming from a mile away. He was replaced by three members of the faith that Jaharis felt he could trust. Those three members were Oswick. Oswick was the one who married them on Dragonstone. Isabel, she was the uh, she was one of the, the ladies that was sent to um, convince Alisan of the error of her ways and ended up being her supporter. And then the third was a virtual unknown named Barth. Sounds unimportant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, more on him, of course. So out here, goes... mister. This is a Mercedes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yep. <laughs> um, out, out from the council goes Edwell Keltigar along with all his taxes. And in came this guy named Rigo Draz or Draz. Never heard of House Draz? That's because Rigo wasn't even from Westeros. Yeah. What? He's one of my favorites. I, cool, I love man. I love Rigo Draz. I like him too. He'd risen from nothing to build an empire in trading and he'd become the richest man in Pentos. But he'd been shunned by the elite in Pentos due to his low birth. I get no respect. Uh, so wow. Jaharis comes calling, says, sounds like you got some skills, buddy. We could use you over here. And he's down. Ray goes down. Um, he's named a lord by Jaharis, but as he held no lands, they kind of jokingly called him the Lord of Air. A-I-R, Lord of Air. And he takes it in stride. He sounds like he's he's a pretty amenable guy. I like he, him. He sounds like a guy that can laugh at himself. Right. And he's doesn't take himself money. too seriously. Nope. And yeah. Oh, he, uh, Jaharis makes a ton of changes from steward of the Red Keep down to the castle rat catchers. He even lets all the prisoners out of the, the dungeons and there allows them to make appeal. This is what we call cleaning house, my friend. And, uh, man, does it feel good. So after all this was done, Rogar Baratheon is summoned to court. <laughs> Uh, some of his brothers urge him to defy the king. Uh, another brother, Boris, urges him to take the black. What's interesting about that is Boris is the next in line to inherit Storm's End. So, of course, he's urging yeah. his brother to take the black. 
but Rogar seems uh, maybe, as Scad mentioned, kind of uncharacteristically resigned to his fate, and he goes. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to see what happens. You know, if they say they're going to execute me, I can still take the black then, but let's go and figure out what's going to happen. Totally humbles himself, uh, lays his sword at the feet of Je- King Jaehaerys there in the throne room, uh, and he's surprised when Jaehaerys acknowledges that Rogar was doing what he thought was best for the realm. He also recognizes the role Rogar played in getting him to his throne, and that while Rogar had spoken of treason, he hadn't actually done the deed. He actually hadn't gone the distance. Rogar could take the black, Jaehaerys said, but he says, I would sooner you remain here in my service. I would not sit upon this throne if not for you, and all the realm knows that, and I still have need of you. The realm has need of you. He needs men he could trust, Jaehaerys said. Was Rogar one of those men? You bet, says Rogar. <laughs> Absolutely I am. Uh, so everything's forgiven. We're all good now, right? Jaehaerys, the conciliator, going to conciliate. Um, there's some conditions. Conditions for Rogar, Rogar's pardons were as follows. First of all, you don't diss my girls anymore, Rogar. Okay? First of all. No bad talking, Alisand, or their marriage. You'll support it. You'll like it. You'll be Alisand's strongest supporter. Understood? Okay. And then my mom. He says, I cannot and will not suffer my mother to be disrespected. She will return with you to Storm's End, where you will live as husband and wife once again. In word and deed, you will show her only honor and courtesy. Can you abide by these conditions? You bet. Right? He doesn't. <laughs> As we'll see. So, uh, I love this. When Rogar asked if Jaehaerys would require hostages, he mentions, this bugs me. Rogar doesn't have kids to offer as hostages, so he mentions that he has nieces and nephews. Yeah, my uh, my brothers have kids. I can send them up to be hostages. I just think that's terrible speaking for your nieces and nephews that way give away i don't know what else he had to offer though right i still hate it yeah anyways not to worry because jaharis has another fantastic flex one of his best in the whole series maybe he uh takes him over he's like come with me rogar and walks him over to vermithor who's sitting off just like feasting on just meat, just eating and growing larger by the day. Jaehaerys goes up and pats the dragon on the snout and says, why would I need hostages? I have your word. That's all that I require. That's all he says. Yeah, just like Egg on the Conqueror, right? Take that dragon everywhere. (laughs) Let him see the dragon. It's just like the sword on the lap that, that Rob has in Game of Thrones doesn't even say anything about my dragon will eat you. He's just like, let's go for a walk. Um, they feast that night to celebrate their reconciliation. I think Jaehaerys just like feasts, and that's why he reconciled so much. But uh, no, I don't think that. The next day, Rogar departs for Storm's End, and guess who's with him? His wife, Queen Alyssa. Right? So getting started on the right foot with everything, Scad. You like uh, Jaehaerys? Uh, return to King's Landing? Uh, I like his return to King's Landing. I've got, yeah, i got a few things to say. Um, you do? <laughs> was it a surprise? 
91 episodes in, Scott has something to say, and it's a surprise. You do. Uh, I don't. I don't like his forgiveness of Rogar. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily mind Ooh. the forgiveness. I don't like the way he went about it. You know, giving him his respect back. Not you know, uh, not just his life. It, it, it's it's a way. It's a way to to give someone who's full of pride a life they can actually tolerate living. We just talked about those Kingsguard, um, you know, that, that were removed and knocked so many pigs down that they ended up being a problem. You can't pardon a guy halfway and expect them not to, like, hold grudges. So he does this in a way where Rogar's not going to hold a grudge, which is kind mm-hmm. of the only way to do it for someone like Rogar, someone as proud as he is. But yeah. what, I, what I don't like is the the way he says this. And I admit maybe there's some real-world influence causing me to think this way right now in this moment. Okay. But, but attempted treason is still a crime. Just because your uprising didn't take root doesn't mean it wasn't treasonous. Just because no statement of an investigation was made doesn't mean you didn't threaten not to give aid unless it was given. (laughs) The consequences of your actions are not how we sentence you. We sentence you for your attempt and your intent. Attempted murder is still a crime. Attempted Breaking and entering attempted theft are still crimes. Attempted treason is a crime. The the question was, did he make an attempt at treason or... Yes! He made the statement and, and and I get what you're saying, but there could be some fuzzy area of him making a statement of we need to get rid of this king and actually sitting down. Let's plan out what we're going to do to get rid of him. He also twice tried to steal area to put her on the throne instead. Yes. Right. I yes. mean, those are damning. He, he also supposedly tried to get Corianne Wilde to break up their marriage, which is. Maybe just south of treason, but just that, just south of treason. Right? I can't believe I'm on the side of Rogar and you're not right now. First of all, this this is crazy to me. But... <laughs> I, I I think my how the turntables have tur- have, have spun. <laughs> wicked, wicked, wicked. Uh, what? Well, uh, your defense of this is start is making me start to understand why. Only 50% of the population is on my side in the current political landscape. Oh, Scott, that's mean. <laughs> that is mean. That well, is not if, the same thing. If, well, if if attempted treason is... is, I mean, I guess you're saying he didn't really attempt it, Rogar. That's is. exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying he brought it up. Now, I get the He sent armed men to hand. steal yes. someone to put them on the throne. Uh-huh. And just because they were discovered doesn't mean he didn't try. I just don't. Okay, I'm a little bugged now, but <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the other side of this other thing. I just, I, what I meant was, I think people don't see it as black and white as I do, right? Hey, in both cases. Uh, so. No, I, I, I don't I don't really like the way this was written. Uh I the the way George wrote it. But I I appreciate what Jay Harris is trying to do, which is keep a strong ally, a mostly respected ally, um, you know, and give him back 
a respectable life. I'm not, I don't, I, frankly, I don't love making him take Alyssa with him. Because while in their time, that's a great sign of disrespect if, if he doesn't. I'm not sure he's great to her. And so that seems like further punishing your mom. And so I, I don't I don't necessarily love that part either. Um, well, maybe that was something that they talked about. Maybe, during yeah. A little discussion. And she maybe. was dead anyways, it seemed like. Right? Inside, there was no yeah, joy left sure. in her. So, For sure, yeah. Um, I, lo- I love the dragon power play move, like you said. It's classic. It's great. Um, yeah, so that, that's that's most of that. The, the rest of the stuff, bringing in Rego, good. Getting rid of Mateus, great. Barth, we'll see uh, in the future that how great a move that turns out to be. Um, did did you ever think maybe uh, maybe he had Celtigar place the taxes, the really unpopular taxes, so that he could come in and be the hero and repeal them? <laughs> no, I did well, not think that about like, Jerry's. Wouldn't that be a great move? It would be a fantastic move. I don't think he did it. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, yeah, I think that's mostly all I got. Uh, I, 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 you mentioned at the very top about uh, leaving Alisan behind to begin with. I think that's a, a good PR move. You know, get get ahead of this thing before you bring her in. And, uh, you know, handle it the way you want to handle it, then bring her in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's about all I got. Cool. Uh, oh wait, no, I have one more thing. Do you, you're on Kindle, right? Mm-hmm. You get the pictures though, right? Yeah. So I don't know how to tell you to look for this one, but I want you to look at the picture. This is just entrancing podcast <laughs> content for people listening. But go to the, go to the. Uh, it's the picture on page one eighty one. I can tell you a, a line that's close if that would help you search for it. Uh, for the wealth of Old Town derived from trade, rather, is is a line that you could search for. What's Just the picture. It's a picture of young Jay Harris with oh, yeah. swords in the background of the throne. Yep. Anything, yeah, I know what the picture you're talking about. Anything stick out to you about that picture? Because uh, it didn't yeah. bother me until this read-through. And there's something that I think is horrifically wrong. First of all, I love the art in this book. But I think there's something really bad with this picture. There's some. Some of this isn't my favorite. Okay, I'm looking at it now. His hands are really scary looking. His hands are fucking giant. <laughs> they look like old man hands. They look like old man hands that are like two times the size they should be. <laughs> like try to like, like try to think about what hands. his arms must be like under that cloak. And how small they would be to fit under the cloak to get back up to his shoulders, and then mm-hmm. project hands onto the end of them. There's so, there's something not right with that picture. Those are those are some calloused hands. <laughs> I've seen some time in the yard. Yeah. Man. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Good point. That's well, all I, I got. Uh, we got, uh, and I don't know if, 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 uh, we, we didn't actually oh. talk about where we we're going to put this in, but, uh, I'm putting the ask the fingers question right here. Okay. We got an ask the fingers question from our pal, uh, the queen bee on the wall, uh, B word on Twitter. 
a wonderful Riddler, a friend of friend of friend of ours, uh, for a number of years now, I think. Yep. Um, she asked, "What would you title a book depicting the story of your life so far?" Uh, Do you have an answer for this? Yeah. I got two answers. Okay. One's really short and one's really long, so I don't know which one I like better. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, my first one, I think I'd title my book just this. Sorta. S-O-R-T-A. Sorta. Yeah. Okay. Because I, okay. I, I'm sort of good at a lot of things. Huh, all right. Not really good at very many things. <laughs> so I'm like, sort of. I'm just kind of a sort of guy. I see myself as a sort of guy. All right. Um, which isn't a great thing to see myself as, but here I am. And the other one I'm borrowing from a line from The Hold Steady. It's my favorite line from The Hold Steady, which is, we're good guys, but we can't be good every night. Oh, nice. I like I'm that. a good guy, but I'm also not the best guy all the time. I, it goes along with the sort of thing. I'm sort of a good guy. No, I don't. I don't want to be too hard on myself, but a book about me would be very boring. And so I just went with an unfinished tale, not worth reading. Wait, say again. An unfinished tale, not worth reading. Is it too much? Come now. No, I really... No, I mean, look, I think most people's lives are that way. I mean, there are certainly interesting things, but, you know, in general, there's nothing super, like, interesting about my life, I don't think. You know? I'd be interested, though, because, like, I bet a lot of people who have had biographies written about them feel the same while they were going through their lives probably thought that i haven't done what are you gonna write about me right and maybe by the time i get done it will be worth reading that these things will connect to something meaningful but at the moment you know uh the rest is still unwritten buddy that's why i included an unfinished tale (laughs) yep but maybe i'll i'll change it to an unfinished tale so far not worth reading (laughs) so look for those two (laughs) books in stores an unfinished tale so far not worth reading by scad and sorta by matt all right let's move on thank you uh beth for the for the question and the opportunity to self-deprecate yes which we're both pretty good at (laughs) apparently sort of good at nothing and everything and Definitely don't read my biography. Uh-huh. Basically, the messages we got out of this. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're going to get into some doctrine of exceptionalism now. Yeah. Here's the quote. It comes from Septon Alphen. One God made us all, Andals and Valerians and first men, but He did not make us all alike. For you to bed your sister would be a grievous sin, sir. But you are not the blood of the dragon, no more than I am. What they do is what they have always done. 
and it is not for us to judge them. So, moving into the into the into the rule here and some of the things that Jaehaerys faces, that's referencing obviously the conflict with the faith that that his uncle had, um, and and his dad too. Um, Jaehaerys' entrance was dramatic, decisive, and effective. But let's not pretend everything just went swimmingly. The kingdom is broke, bitch. Still broke. They like their new king. They have some hope, but it's there's a lot there's a lot still wrong and some healing that needs to happen. And also his marriage is still a secret, too. So we already mentioned that Rego Draz was brought in to replace Celtigar. He immediately got cash flow going via loans from Essos. He was able to pay the banks play the banks rather against each other to get a good interest rate. And for now at least, there's an infusion of money and work on the dragon pit can continue being, you know, can continue being built. And uh, you know, they can kind of they can kind of get the economy jump-started a little bit. Uh, side note on the Dragon Pit, Matt. That thing only stood for 75 years. Whoops. All that money, all that effort. Nothing. For 75 years at Dragon Home, I guess. It's not nothing, but it just feels, feels like a lot. Mm. Um, okay, beyond that, Rego and Jaharis came up with two other plans. They're going to tax luxury items. It wouldn't hurt the small folk, and those that can afford it can't complain that they're being taxed since they don't technically need the things that they're buying. They're status symbols. Salt, fine silks, and... Um, spices. Spices, and, uh, you know, nice nice things that they don't need. Rugs, you know, things they don't need. They're status symbols. Uh, it's keeping up with the Kettle Blacks kind of shit, right? Cool. Uh... The second plan was heavily taxing the building and fortifying of castles. This brings in coin, on the one side, and also discourages rebellion at the same time, right? If people are not building because they're like, I don't want to pay for it, then they have less strong castles to protect them. That would be the old uh, single stone, two bird thing going on. Two benefits, one, one, one law. <laughs> now to the marriage. Matt, he waited nearly half a year to summon Alison from Dragonstone. Now, we both kind of said we we agreed with the decision, but half a year is a long time. Yeah. And their legendary self-control was put to the test even further as they waited yet another full moon's turn, that's like 29 days, for another wedding to make it all proper. A simple wedding this time, only a 1,000 people, not the 40K that came to the Golden Wedding. Went off without a hitch, though. Barth said the words. They did it. They, they did say it. They did do it. Um... They did not say it. They did not do it. Uh, consummation at last. Consummation at last. Thank R'hllor Almighty. The union is sealed at last. Matt, these are fictional characters, but I'm dying for them to bang. Let's get her done. It's been so long, and I know at this point, really, they're still basically kids, so it's weird to say it, but it and just feels... And brother and sister. And brother and sister. Both, yeah, it's yeah. true. So again, my, you know, call me a horn dog or whatever, but these crazy kids have been they're they're in love and they've been together for like a year now and they haven't you know they've just been they've just been taking it super slow so good for congratulations i guess is what i'm I, trying to say i feel it i feel it i yeah. feel it like I feel it hard guys that kind of angsty waiting is not good for anybody so good for them it's difficult so <clears throat> now the waiting holding their breath even because a different kind of waiting. 
the faith had ever been a problem for his father and uncle during their reign, but Jaehaerys here has an easier path. So he's now married, a real marriage for everyone to see. And they're just kind of holding their breath to see how people are going to take it. So they're going on a progress, but on their dragons, like Aegon, not via carriage. Uh, they also had a more amenable High Septon, which helped uh, kind of dull the, the negative response. The swords and stars had already been dispersed, right, and disbanded. Some were sent to the wall, others kind of appeased by the discussion and by Sir Joffrey Doggett becoming a Kingsguard member. It was a very symbolic moment. Basically, this is just, it's all going much smoother for Jay Harris than it did for, for his, his uncle and his dad. But he didn't mm-hmm. want the nearly extinguished fire to come to life, so he differentiated Targaryen sibling marriage from other types of incest. I'm just going to say that again because it's a weird sentence. He differentiated Targaryen sibling marriage from other types of incest. He sent seven septons and septons around the countryside to preach how great Alisan was, how pious, how generous. But not just Alisan. They spoke of how different Targaryens were in general, how exceptional they were. Barth Oswick and Jaehaerys himself came up with this thing. He concocted the doctrine of exceptionalism. In a nutshell, it says this, Targaryens are different than all you little peons. We can handle incest because our blood is better. That's right. The line they come up with is, don't complain about our incest, we're just better than you so we can do it. This is the explanation. They looked different. I mean, look at their silvery golden hair, guys. And they can fly dragons. Clearly, clearly that means they can also bang each other, right? You must see that. And pray don't forget the dragons. <laughs> well, but they also they also throw in the history side of it, or the geography and, and everything that the roots of the seven of the faith of the seven was in Andalos, but these guys were in Valyria, the Targaryens. So they shouldn't be held to the same standard where different laws and traditions were upheld. They shouldn't be forced to live the laws of the seven when they didn't come from the land where the faith of the seven had been built. But they're now following the laws of the seven, the rest of them. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that's one of the reasons they gave. Yeah. It's a load of horse shit, though. Yeah. Right? The, the quote is, Their roots were not in Andalos, but in Valyria of old, where different laws and traditions held sway. Yeah. But 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 as much as, as, much as I feel personally like this is a load of horse shit, I, th- I think part of it is just people really liked Jaehaerys and Alisanne. So they're like, yep. and yeah, that's... yeah, okay. Okay, fine. Right? Yep, the dragons thing has a lot to do with it. But those are, like, um, they're completely unrelated things. What does being able to ride a dragon have to do with banging your sister? I mean that them having the dragons. Oh, Death Stars. Helps people accept it yes. more. It's interesting that people accepted Aegon and his wives, and all three of them are dragon riders. People except Jaehaerys and Alysanne, both of them are dragon riders. People did not accept Aegon and Reyna. Aegon was not a dragon rider until the end. Aegon was a dragon rider? But he took a while. Oh, t- well, it took a little while, yeah. You're right. Remember when he went yeah, on yeah. his first progress? He went on his progress via carriage. Dragons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
yeah, because only Reyna flew dragons and they didn't want it to look like Reyna's yeah. flying a dragon while he's riding a horse. So. Yeah, 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 you're yeah. right. Yep. Um. Also, yeah, it, the dra- the dragon thing. Uh, one one of the septons says, "Go to Dragonstone <laughs> and claim a dragon, right? And then you can and then you can marry your sister." Also. Yeah. He'll perform the wedding himself. Like yeah. He said. But the, I, I don't know, just for someone that clings to logic like I do, these are just completely unrelated items. They are. And so, and so it's... I mean, as someone as someone who my my faith derives from uh, a history of, of religious freedom and stuff like that and, and people vying for freedom to worship what they want, I get the idea of religious freedom and not forcing someone to live a certain standard religious laws and everything just because they live in a certain place. I get that. The problem with the Targaryens and doctrine of exceptionalism is that they're picking and choosing the things they want to live yes. and the things they don't want to live. Exactly. Right? Yes. They want to be able to pick and choose. We'll follow the rest, but the whole incest thing, that's not that that doesn't appeal to us. So, right. Picking and choosing. Which I guess some people could say that some Protestant faiths came from stuff like that picking and choosing all but... <laughs> all of them uh, well and 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 all and catholicism too i mean the, well all all religions in general are picking a lot of themes from the same places and leaving other ones out right <laughs> so potentially yeah, yeah. anyway away from that at the risk of offending <laughs> At the risk of offending everyone, because you already got me with the whole thing. thing. <laughs> hey, man, sorry. Let's keep going. <laughs> In case anyone was wondering, episode ninety-one will be the last episode of Davos Fingers. <laughs> uh, so, between the proactive messaging uh, of of this exceptional doctrine, uh, doctrine of exceptionalism, and Jaehaerys and Alysanne being really nice people, and the realm being generally sick of war and being poor, the faith didn't act out against the marriage nope. of Alessandra and Harris. So everything's Clown. good, right? Down to clown. Yeah, I don't know. Not everything's good. Nope. Rayana showed up. Yeah. And is being a bit Favorite of a beast. Card. Yep. She's feeling unwelcome at her various stops, and kind of already illustrated, and she needs a place to call home. But King's Landing won't do. She doesn't want to constantly be in Jaehaerys' shadow, so she more or less demands Dragonstone. And after much deliberation and thought and some counsel, Jaehaerys concedes, so long as she not make herself a queen in more than name. His law rules on Dragonstone, not her own. She also asks one more boon, and that's to take Aerea with her, and Jaehaerys awards this without any deliberation at all despite the fact that she is currently actually his heir. Mm-hmm. And with that, the rule kind of settled in. Rain is dealt with, the faith is dealt with, the marriage is announced, the money's flowing. Alison starts taking an active part in rule and was welcomed after a short period of time to any conversation. She was clever and wise and just clearly made her mark quickly. And people are like, yeah, come on in, contribute. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, it wasn't even like they tolerated her. It sounded like... She was welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not only that, she also lightened the mood at King's Landing. She decorated the keep lavishly with murals and tile work and other stuff. She brought in mummers and singers and fools and made official the court singer and court fool titles 
that last at the Red Keep. And uh, lastly, most importantly, Allison announced that she was with child. Yeah! Here it comes. Get her done, Jay. Maybe they're not going to need ARA at all, after all. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's pretty much that section. You got anything? The entitlement of Reyna, Scad. <laughs> We're going go to go back to Reyna? All right. It's just astonishing to me. Yeah. Speaking of the people that take her in, they're all warm at first, but it does not last. Either I am unwelcome or too welcome. Mm. They murmur of the cost of keeping me in mind, but it is Dreamfire who excites them. Yeah, they murmur at the cost of yeah. keeping you. You're freeloading on them. You're just like showing up at people's places and saying, please stay with you. Yeah. I don't have anywhere to go. By the way, I've got 40 people with me. And by the way, I have a certain standard of living that I need you to uphold. Uh, and by the way, I've got a dragon that's going to eat, I don't know, however many sheep and goats per day. And by the way, don't give me any attitude because I kind of want to run the show here while I'm here. Yeah, but yeah, and, I'm in charge. If you could give me your keys, that would be great. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get I get that it's kind of culturally things are kind of that way in this time with 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 members of the quote unquote royal family. I mean, like, yes. if you went to England now, and I don't know, we got some listeners in England, maybe they'll weigh in. But, like, if a cousin of the Queen showed up, like, would you just be like, yeah, stay for as long as you want? Like, maybe that's still a thing. It's hard It's hard for us to to understand that, right? But, but I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, 40 people and a dragon, like, it's just gonna, it's gonna impoverish anyone other than the Lannisters, right? So... It's not an okay thing to just do indefinitely. And in times of need, I get it, but it yeah. seems like she's just totally taken advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. But it, it does, it does, it does. I think also come from a place of she does feel like she doesn't know where to go and doesn't yeah. have anywhere to go. She's like she does she, belong a little bit. She could go to the Red Keep. Mm-hmm. It would be. I, she doesn't I, want to though. Well, I think it. I think she feels like it would be swallowing some pride. There's a little yep. part of Rihanna that always felt like she should have been the heir and she should That's be in exactly charge. What it is. Yep. And so she doesn't want to have to deal with that every day. But you know what? Suck it up. In the end, though, I I I don't think Dragonstone's a terrible idea. It doesn't nope. it doesn't end up going super well. Uh, we'll spoil that right now. But but I don't think it was a terrible idea. I mean, Stannis in the main series bitches all the time about not getting Storm's End, right? which he was entitled to and you know in some ways reyna maybe is kind of entitled to dragonstone no i totally get that and uh i think it's a good idea too but i thought i wrote down the quote but i guess i didn't and i can't find it i'm not gonna go look for it now uh but like when he's like you mentioned it in your summary that she can have Dragonstone, but he's gifting it to her, right? He wants to make that clear to her. Like, this isn't your... What does he say? This isn't like your this kingdom. isn't like your kingdom now. Yeah. You're still under me, and I'm giving this to you. Yeah. Um, oh, here it is. You are a queen by courtesy, but I am king, and my writ runs from Old Town to the Wall and on Dragonstone as well. Are we of one mind on this, sister? And she turns around and says... Are you so uncertain of that iron seat that you must needs have your own blood bend the knee to you, brother? Yeah. She's... Well, yeah, yeah, actually, yes, that's what you do to a king, whether you're a sister or whatever. Ugh. 
yeah, yeah, no, you're you're not wrong, but this is how siblings are. Right? Like, not your your shit stinks, dude. You're not special. Don't give this shit to me. I know you better, right? Like that's how siblings are. Yeah, it is. It is. So but you're not wrong either. I mean she's being a bitch about it. But it's the perpetual entitlement that she's showing. It Always. Drives me nuts. Yes. It's not if this if this were an isolated incident with Jay Harris, maybe you could just write it off as there's some jealousy stuff. and sibling yeah. stuff and And I get it. Power power brother. dynamics and everything, right? Totally. But yep. but it's a pattern with her and so you can't just write it off. Yeah. And that's where it bugs me. Yeah. Right. No, I'm with you. Um, so Scott, maybe I've just been reading, um, I had a misunderstanding of what a bedding entailed going back to the, the wedding Uh-oh. and that they had a proper bedding throughout the series. And maybe this is just me being naive. I had the impression that, you know, when the bedding occurs, the guys carry the lady up, the, the, the gals carry the guy up. They're undressing them. There's that whole thing going on. It's it's vulgar. It's lewd. It's all that. But then they essentially throw them into bed together and then make their exit. And then the happy couple has their privacy to consummate. That's how I'd always understood it. In this, there's a line that leads me to believe that everyone watched these two do the deed. Interesting. I, uh, I'll go back afterward and read the line. No, I, I think it's, I think it's what you said first. I think what they want is proof that the betting occurred, and so. Uh, oh, now that I'm rereading it, uh, I can see it says the marriage of Jaharis and his sister Alisanne was consummated at long last, sealing their union for all time before the eyes of gods and men. So I read it as <laughs> consummated at long last, sealing their union before the eyes of gods and men. Meaning that the men witnessed the sealing of their union consummation. Right. But like no, they're sitting yeah. there watching them. Go, go, yeah. go, go. <laughs> the fact that it was con- that they consummated sealed their union before the eyes of in, in the eyes of gods and men. Yeah, but doesn't yeah. yeah. Okay. But maybe maybe a little ambiguously written there. Yeah. Uh, a disgust a disgusting ceremony. Well done, George. You make us all uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh one of the seven um what did they call the seven speakers was Eleanor Costain, right? Yes. Yeah, former bride of bride of Megor, yeah, black brides. Black brides. Mm-hmm. And I thought she was an interesting choice, and um, as one of the seven speakers, of through all the trauma that she'd been through. Yeah, it's 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 a weird at, at the hands of Targaryens. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing because they make a point of. George makes a point of using her again, specifically mm-hmm. her, and noting that it's specifically her, but then doesn't really give you anything about it that makes it noteworthy that he would have picked her. Do you know what I mean? Right. 
Like, there's, no, there's nothing there that's like, oh, and it's important because she did this and that. It's just, okay, this also happened to her, by the way. Like, no, one's, no one cares. She went and lived at a, you know, whatever. What? Why are we bringing this back, this woman back up? Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah. It's interesting that she, she'd had a really traumatic experience. Absolutely. Being married to Mabel, right? But was she the one that had her husband killed? Yeah. And, yeah. And she, she, she had two sons by him or something. Yeah. And then she had a, uh, stillborn. With Megor. She had, yes. so she had three kids really young. Um, and then she had stillborn with Megor and it was the one that was eyeless and had like small wings and everything. Yeah. And interesting, her turn to the, the seven, it says she became a septa one day and everything. And, and he, he goes out of his way to mention that when Eleanor started as a, as one of the seven speakers, she wore her queenly raiment, mm-hmm. her queenly clothes, and she wore that all the time. And it just grew shabbier and shabbier by the day. And I saw that as maybe a symbolism of her attempting to separate herself from probably that most traumatic experience of her life, right? Of being the queen, one of the queens, Magor Targaryen, and that symbolism of that transition from queen that she wants to forget to becoming a woman of intense faith. She became head of a, a house of septas. I don't know if that's the, what's the term, but like, uh, I don't know. A convent, I think, would be the what it'd be today. But it's interesting, interesting. the way the way you put that, the way you put that, like that she, you know, she wants to to move past it and forget. Like taking off the raiment would be the easiest way to try to move past it. It's almost uh-huh. to me like she's saying you can't get rid of your past, but you can try to move think... forward. You can transition from it over time. And by letting it turn into rags, that's how you do it, right? Over time, you can earn it or, or not earn it, but you know what I mean? Over time, you can change who you are, but you can't do it just by changing your clothes. Yeah, because those... Not those that any of this was her fault. You're already going to be with her. Yeah, but, it's just yeah, you can't run from it, right? Like it's, you can't run from what happened to you or who you are. It's just a part of you. Mm-hmm. But... Her kids were taken from her, weren't like her husband was killed and they took her kids and fostered them somewhere else. Was yeah, that... she had one at the yeah. Erie. Uh, I wrote this down. That's I'm not pulling it out of my memory. I couldn't remember. Fobra and Martell wore a friggin' helmet. Um, Guilty. Her, one at the Erie, one at High Garden, and one that says was just given to a wet nurse. Wow. Talk about losing the lottery. Yep. One of them goes to the Erie, one of the High Garden, and one. To a random wet nurse. Mm-hmm. And it does say that she went... Well, you had good meals, place. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I think that's it. All right, let's The first on. fool in the, in the Red Keep, his name was The Good Wife, and I thought that was a, that's a great name for a fool. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, he sounded uh, unique, let's put it that way. All right, ready for the next section? Yeah, go ahead. The quote is, Your seven are leal men and valiant, but they are men, and there are places men cannot go. Indeed. You know, Jaehaerys was described as a restless king, maybe even more so than his grandfather, King Aegon. He was away from King's Landing 
arguably more than he was at King's Landing, out mingling with lords and small folk alike, and the lords of different levels too, like high, high lords to like almost landed knight level of lords. More often than not, Queen Alisan was with him. And, of course, their two dragons were with them as well. One big difference uh, between Aegon and Jaehaerys, though, was Jaehaerys, in, in my mind, was just downright considerate. Considered it. Yep. A- Aegon, when he would go on his progresses and <clears throat> travel throughout Westeros, he'd often have a thousand plus people accompanying him. And the lords he visited with this retinue of people were tremendously honored when he arrived. And tremendously destitute when he departed. They would just like strip the land dry, clean out their wine cellars and everything. And plus, Aegon couldn't go and visit some of those smaller lords simply because they didn't have capacity to house his huge retinue and entourage. So Jaehaerys did things differently. Take the smaller group, almost 10 times smaller. He'd only take about 100 people with him. He'd stay for a shorter amount of time than Aegon was accustomed to staying, and that allowed him to get to a lot of different types of people um, and go to a lot of different places and remain in the good graces of the people that he visited, which I think is pretty cool, right? Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is Jaehaerys at his best, right? Yep, He's totally. This is not him out, you know, messing around and putting bastards in bellies or, you know, using the small folk for his gain. This is, you know, in times like his, there's no TV or internet that can tell him all what's going on in his kingdom. He's got to get out and see it. And so he's not just going to go see the major lords. He's going to go and see... And they need to see him. And they need to see him too. He's he's going to go see everybody. And really going out and physically doing that is the only way to, Matt, what you said several episodes ago that Aegon was trying to do, to confirm, we good? I think I'm ruling here. How am I doing? We good? Are you... Good. Are you are you good over here, right? And so and what better way to make sure they're good than to not friggin' bankrupt them by showing up? So you know, I, it's almost like George put all manner of etiquette and good intentions into just one ruler, Jaehaerys, so he could give the rest of them a million flaws and good conscience, because Jaehaerys is like a shining example of like how to treat people well. Anyone. And and it was really anyone like, uh, you know, some sometimes you think if you're the ruler, well, I just got to get the, the heavy players on my side. I got to get the high towers on my side. I got the yep. Starks on my side, these big families. Jaehaerys has shown even when he first arrived in the Red Keep, I discussed it just a few minutes ago, that he put he chose the rat catchers. For the Red Keep. Like, he yeah. wants to have the right guys at every single position. He's not going to take for granted the support of even the smallest guys. And if the rat catcher's on his side, that's one more guy who he's got on his side. And that's how he ran kind of his progresses, too, is no one was above a visit from him. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that, cause that's one more person to support him. Yeah. I, I yeah, this week I was, I was up at uh, the summit for my company and we have this whole new kind of leadership team that not all of them are new, of course, but kind of the way they're approaching leadership and stuff is, is changing a little bit at my company, which is really all for the best. And I might be like, like if, if we made it like an analogy, I might be like a landed knight, you know, like in the hierarchy, right? Like I'm not, I'm not a lord or anything, but like, I'd love to host one of them for a little bit. 
I don't want to do it forever, right? Out to dinner, maybe show yeah. around Salt Lake or something like that. Right, right. Just get a chance to kind of talk to them about stuff you don't get to get hear about the company and stuff. I bet people loved this, mm-hmm. you know? The Kettle Blacks, I bet they loved having Jaharis over for a couple nights. It's with you and the Kettle Blacks. I don't know. I, I've just picked, I, I was trying to pick a, a, a small, insignificant house, and that's what I came up with. Hey, and they were kind of horn dogs too, which yeah. is another theme of your you're on tonight. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh never changed, Scad. Don't know um, how. Another cool thing about these progresses was uh Alisan's what were called women's courts that she held wherever she and her husband happened to be visiting. So in these well 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 Jaharis is out with the lords and everything. Uh Alisan would hold these women courts where only women and girls were invited and any girl, any woman or girl were invited highborn or low. And they were all encouraged as it says in the book to come forward, share their fears, concerns, and hopes with the young queen girls only like that episode of the office where Jan comes and has the, the girls meeting with the, all the women in the office. So Michael tries to counter by having a guy's afternoon in a gay, (laughs) uh then what does he say no it's like it's like it's like a shower but for guys it's it's an afternoon shower with men (laughs) or something like it's hilarious but uh here i go again but anyways these were a big hit as you can imagine who would dream of a woman being listened to in Westeros. Yeah. What a novel idea, Scad. Yeah, it's an extension of what Jay Harris is trying to do, what we were just talking about. Let's hear from everybody. I mean everybody. You know? And some 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 uh some some big laws came of this. Like they they make the distinction in the book that, you know, in the end all laws come from the king. Yeah. But a lot of these things were influenced by Alisanne and her her women's court. There's one law that that says that if a if a man marries a, a second wife because his first wife dies, once the man dies, the children of the first wife can't disinherit the second wife, right? And leave her out on her own. They have to continue to care for her and everything. So things like that. Uh, and and we'll talk about some other some big ones come up in. Uh, must be future episodes, right? The first night and things like that. Yes. Yeah, when they go to their trip up north, yeah. Yeah. So things are going great with all of this stuff until Maidenpool. Yeah. All right? Oh, this is like my favorite illustration in the whole book, Scott. Who's a horn dog now? <laughs> so at Maidenpool, as the name indicates, there's the famed pool of Jean Quill. Named after the maid of renown who had fallen for the fool Florian, right? And Alisanne wants to bathe in this famous pool. It's said to have healing powers. It's kind of one of these bucket list items. Alisanne is pregnant at the time. She thinks, you know, if she bathes in this pool, it could have mean good things for her unborn child. So there's this bathhouse that's been built around Jonquil's pool that's cared for by... Um, uh, septas right sisters of the faith and she's in the bathhouse alisanne is 
she's got her friends, handmaidens, wise women, wise women, those those gals with her, kind of her entourage, and it's just them. No men allowed in the bathhouse. She's bathing. When all of a sudden, three sisters of the faith with daggers rush in and attack Alisanne. They're going to kill her. Turns out they're anti-Targaryen. They think that she's going to pollute the waters by coming in with her unborn child of incest and all that crap. They couldn't have filth like her there. Um, But this is awesome. Her squad instantly steps in. These aren't warriors. These are women. And not I, these are naked women who are just settling in for a bath. But as soon as these septim, septas try to attack Alisan, the women jump in to protect her. I think that's so cool. These gals are heroes. Septa Edith, Prudence Keltigar, Rosamund Ball. They all are wounded in the in in the ensuing melee. Uh, Rosamund, it ends up being fatal. She ends up dying from uh, a stab to the gut. Uh, all this happens before the King's Guard, who's outside standing guard, realizes something's wrong, comes in and and uh, mops things up, kills the kills two of the ladies and leaves one alive for questioning. Um, that's an intense story, Scad. That was pretty wild, huh? It is, man. That zealotry of any kind is... It'll get you. I mean... It, really it, hum, humans are crazy, Matt, because at some point, like, I get, like, it's not it's not like you go, like, a switch from A to Z, like, you're like, oh, I'm a sane person to, I'm gonna fucking stab people with, with a knife, but, like, at some point during the transition toward stabby stabby, aren't you like, I'm holding a knife and I'm contemplating sticking it into someone. Isn't that just horrifying oh, to even like, think about? For almost any reason. It's uh, yeah, I I'm I'm not a I'm not a violent guy. I could never make it mm-hmm. in war. I I, I I just and and war certainly has well, it's very all all of this gets very complicated. But this kind of thing where it's just like, yep, taking this into my own hands and I'm going to murder someone. Mhm. Like, I just, I can't fathom getting to that fathom place. That? I was thinking about that just this morning. I hadn't thought about it until you brought it up now or connected it to this. But I was, um, well, I was listening to a radio show that was talking about a story of on a true crime podcast of this guy who had murdered his wife and hadn't been, disc- he hadn't, he'd gotten away with it for like 40 years. And he, he axed her right in the forehead while she was sleeping put an axe right into her forehead and then the wherewithal to after as the axe is embedded in his now dead wife's forehead he had the wherewithal to wipe the axe handle down and stuff and to remove fingerprints and other evidence and it's just like i was thinking to myself how could you even like there's your wife laying in a bed with an axe in the head and you're wiping that axe down as it's embedded into her forehead, you know? You know what I mean? Like, how could you even do that? But it's... I do know what you mean. I think, unfortunately, when you get to that place, I don't know, your brain is just operating in a different, a different set of priorities somehow. Yeah. Yes. There's kind of a numbness that takes over it. I don't know, but anyways, 
these women are cool. I mean, Septa Edith, for example, she's one that was sent originally to kind of try to break up the marriage and everything. And now here she is standing in front of a knife yep. for her queen. That's freaking awesome, dude. These it women is. are awesome. Anyways, Alisan's done with uh, going on progresses now until the baby comes. Probably a wise decision. Yeah. She says wisely, you know, Jaharis, quote, I need a protector of my own. Your seven are leal men and valiant, but they are men and there are places men cannot go. Boy, ain't that the truth, Scad. Um, yeah, the king not my disagree. experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> No further questions. <laughs> uh, so he summons Jonquil Dark. Interesting that her name is Jonquil. Yeah. And Alisan was attacked at Jonquil's pool. Um, I don't know if you remember Jonquil Dark. She had thrilled the small folk during, during the war for the White Cloaks. She was a mystery knight known as the Serpent in Scarlet. And she had fought... And finally revealed herself as a woman later, acquitted herself incredibly well. Um, still in Scarlet, it says she arrives at King's Landing a few days later and gladly accepted the appointment as the queen's own sworn shield. In time, she would be known about the realm as the Scarlet Shadow. Those are just great names. First of all, her name is fantastic. Yeah. Jonquil Dark. Yep. It's just an awesome name. And then the Scarlet Shadow. Yeah. I Super cool. I wish this idea of, like, a queen's protector would have persisted. Yeah, just like having someone specific. Always, yeah. And that it being another woman is yeah. just, it's its its unheard of kind of in Westeros. And yeah. Super cool. I love it. Um, then just to close this section out, we get this great father of the bride scenario where not only is Alisanne pregnant, but who else? Gets it done at 44 years old. You guessed it. Queen Alyssa. She is pregnant. Uh, there are concerns for her health. You know, she's considered a, a little bit past the or close to the end of, of childbearing years. But there's also reason for joy. I mean, what more could this be but a blessing from the gods? Good old Rogar is so excited about having a kid that it says he repents of his infidelities and becomes like super husband. Yeah, way to reward him for that, I guess. Yeah. And when the boy arrives, a squalling, dark-haired Baratheon cliche, uh, he names the child Boromund. Fucking BBB, Triple B, big baby Baratheons, man. Yeah, <laughs> they can't be stopped. They're always hashtag robust. I I don't. Do we have, do we have any, any evidence of any miscarriages on the Baratheon side of things? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go look that up. It feel it feels like they're always these like strapping things. Well, um, uh, Cersei, right? Well. Doesn't yeah. she get? But she tam she Robert tampered, get, right? And, but that that yeah, it's is it said explicitly or is it just implied? It's that implied, she... I think, but yeah, pretty heavily. Yeah. I she might have actually stated it, like not not saying like I murdered it, but like right. I made sure that right. didn't happen or something. Yeah. 
I think I think she, I think there's a scene where she's talking to Jamie about it, and she talks about how she had to take tea to make sure that. Yep. His offspring didn't. I don't know. Anyway. Because I think yeah, it's it's coming back to me. I think she she felt compelled, like she had to do it, because if she had given birth to one and it had the black hair, it would have been like a road sign. Yeah, of Joffrey and Marcella. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And so mm-hmm. she felt like she had to even. Also, probably yeah. she's terrible and wanted to. Uh-huh. But, yeah, and then from that point on, she was like, she took care to not yes. to make sure he didn't get her pregnant. Yes, by scheduling the nights or, yeah, right. Right, yeah. Or uh, pleasing him in other ways. Yep, getting him off, Yeah, basically. Yep. We're going to do a handy tonight. Yeah. Yep. That's what you're getting. I mean, you know. You know. There are worse ways to spend a night. Yeah. Um, well said. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alyssa, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for her. Yeah. I, I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that, that she wants any of this. And we don't have any evidence of it. It just... He broke her heart, right? She he wrecked her. I don't I don't feel like she went to Storm's Landing. Uh, Storm's Landing. <laughs> Storm's End with a with a smile on her face, right? Like, right. You're like things are okay now. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Apparently, she's doing her wifely quote unquote duties, but I doubt she's pleased with it. I I just I feel bad for her. Do you see in her any like hope for a better future? Like, maybe things will get better. Well, that's what I mean. We don't really get told either way, but it doesn't doesn't seem... All we can do is speculate. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if we have a kid together, things will get better. You know? That whole thing. It's a trap. Yeah, it's a big trap. But not only does she have this one, but spoiler alert, they end up having another one, right? Uh, I don't remember that. I think she ends up having one more. I could be wrong. We'll find out soon enough. We will. Uh, yep. I think that's all I have. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. Me too. All right. Let's go to the last section for this episode then, I think. Yeah. Lady Alyssa was no happier on Dragonstone than Aerea herself, however. She missed her wide western seas and spoke often of returning to them. Take me with you, Princess Aerea would say when she did, and Alyssa Farman would laugh. We need to be careful with our pronunciation. Just hit that just hit me that there's Alyssa Valerian slash Targaryen. Filled with A L Y S S A and then there's Elissa. El- Elissa, yeah. Elissa Farman. Because yeah, you just read true. that quote and I was like, Alyssa Dragonstone. Oh yeah, Farman. That's right. And we were so, just talking about how unhappy she was. So, yeah, yeah it was very confusing. Right to the other Elissa, who yeah. is also unhappy, in a different place. So, R'hllor giveth and R'hllor taketh away. Uh, for so, Alysanne's pregnancy did not end so well as her mother's. The boy, Aegon, he was named, was early and small and died after just three days. Uh... Alisand blamed this outcome on the attack at, at the pool uh, for the rest of her days. Um, it's interesting. I mean, Alyssa, at 44, 
definitely an at-risk pregnancy, right? But Alisan was the one with the struggle. Uh, we yeah. know spoilers, I guess, but it's both an indicator of what's to come for Alisan's pregnancy. She struggles through a lot of them, but mm-hmm. also not a deterrent for JNA who try a lot and have a lot of Going, kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so moving on to Ray. Nothing's going to stop us now, right? That's, That's right. Song, man. Nothing's going to stop. Yeah. Something. Uh, moving on to Reyna Dragonstone now. Reyna's tenure came with its own problems as well, as we hinted at earlier. She was not a cordial ruler at all. And those coming to, to coming there to seek an audience with her did not get the, the new regime experience, the welcome mat kind of experience that J. Harris and Alisanne are giving. <clears throat> Further, ARA isn't really doing well either. She doesn't really know her mother at all. Remember... They basically gave those children up really early, and they've been fostered ever since. So she has she has a mother she doesn't know. She has no friends and little to do on Dragonstone. So she makes friends where she can. She warms to Elissa Farman, one of her mother's friends uh, that we've talked quite a bit about already, and thirteen years her elder, by the way. Elissa shares tales of the seas with her, and Aria wants some of that sauce in her life too. She also finds some friendships with dragons. She's not exactly discouraged by her mother either, who said, choose one and make him yours. And Aerea made friends with all of them, impatiently waiting the day she could mount one. GTFO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's not interested in sticking around. One of the things that it says in there, Matt, is more dragons being born every time the moon turned. Imagine that, man. We spent so much time about talking about dragons, the number of dragons dwindling and diminishing. Here we're talking about yeah. more dragons being born. And I know it's just a figure of speech, but I mean, that, that literally means like there's a dragon being born every month, which mm-hmm. is yeah. insane. Mm-hmm. I mean... How many dragons were in the dance? It wasn't 12. Nope. But anyway, it just, it made, are there more dragons in this story, Matt? By this story, I mean A Song of Ice and Fire. Are there more coming? Or do you think it's just, we just got the three and that's it? Just got the three. You think? Well, you got the one under, uh, is it Winterfell? It's apparently hiding out. Uh... (laughs) I mean, well, um, (laughs) Melisander's always talking about waking, waking the dragons. Stone yeah. dragons, but I just he 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 just paints, and maybe it's nothing. He just paints this over and over and over in Fire and Blood about how many eggs are around. Exactly, it's it's got to be an Easter egg. No, mm. um, I think there's something there's something there because he talks about the clutches of dragon yeah. eggs hidden there, or taken there, or stolen there, or whatever. Yeah, a lot. So, yeah. I mean, it, I guess technically it could just be pointing at Danny's eggs, but it, it feels like there's more to it than that. He also points frequently to the, you know that they really only hatch or hatch best on Dragonstone. Um, you know, we've got that's a good point. We've got what's his name, uh, the Castellan uh, at Dragonstone mining. Dragon steel, dragon glass, dragon glass rather. Maybe he comes across a clutch in there or something. I don't know. I feel like there's something, some, something. 
And yet I know there's I lots of surprised. there's lots of reasons yeah. to show to believe that there aren't any more. But I I feel like there's something. Anyway. Jaharis finally gets his progress going again, and you know it's great. But it's Alison we want to talk about here, because she is holding her women's court and changing the world. You kind of already talked about the the main case they bring up. Basically, um, she enacts a law, and it is Jaharis that really does it, I suppose, but it's Alison's idea, and she convinces him that firstborn children can't basically screw over second second wives that their their fathers had by kicking them out. So it's called the Widow's Law. It ensures the eldest sons still inherit, but the widows must be kept in their standing, and they must be maintained in that standing after the Lord's death. Bravo to George, even for covering this detail in this world. Again, sometimes the things we get in this book are really interesting. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this this paints Alisan as a caring and involved ruler, um, but it's a it's a really interesting thing for George to have picked to focus on. Just like even to think that up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jaharis also built up King's this Landing. Guy. This, this guy. This guy over here. We love him. Uh, he also spent some time building up King's Landing. It's a fucking mess. It's an unplanned city that just is, right? It sprouted up from nothing, mm -hmm. and people don't, when they're building their own hovels and shops, they don't really plan. So he's trying to make it better. He broadens the roads. He cobbles them. He builds a central square and has the roads jut out from them like a central wheel kind of a thing. Good idea. Yeah. And now we get into something a little bit uncomfortable. Rego Draws, the whiz kid uh, master of coin that we've talked about a little bit, uh, he's loathed anyway, despite not taxing the poor. Yeah. Because, despite all the good he's doing. Yeah, because, I mean, basically because racism. Yeah, basic, that's exactly what it is. It's basically all it is. They don't he like, doesn't look like us. Yeah, he doesn't look like us. He doesn't talk like us. He's got a different god than we have. Uh, they don't like that he's a quote-unquote mongrel, not my word. Uh, they think he's stealing from the king, whom he is richer than. <laughs> uh, further, though, he did in the end in, end up introducing a, an unpopular tax, a gate tax on anyone coming or going. Yeah. Additional taxes for horses, mules, etc. It didn't help his standing, but frankly, I think... We've heard of these taxes before. It's not that uncommon of one. Um, anyway. Um, I know it's only been like 10 minutes of podcast time, but Alison's pregnant again. Um, this time, go. adamant about being careful. Uh, Jay Harris continues his progress without her, allowing her to stay and hold court at King's Landing while she grew another human inside her. Honestly something that should be a full-time job <laughs> so um bit of a footnote for the moment a weird footnote we talked we told you we were going to get to this but uh corliss valerian the sea snake is born hey so that happened and westeros will never be the same because hashtag the sea snake is best hashtag cast the sea snake hashtag corliss valerian rules yeah uh, Hashtag Corliss FTW. Yeah. And yeah, Allison delivers a baby. A baby, a delightful girl, strong and healthy. Daenerys, not that Daenerys. As soon as he heard, Jay Harris flew back from his progress to be there, and he doted on her from the moment he first took her in his arms, it is said. 
And a little teaser, everyone is thrilled except on Dragonstone, and we'll get to that next episode. Ooh. Who wouldn't be thrilled on Dragonstone? Oh, I wonder. <laughs> it's not who you might think. <sighs> you got anything in this section? A little bit of a short section. It is. Yeah, it was nice. Um, freaking Raina. I love how she's a completely unpresent mother. Grabs Irea when it's convenient for her. No concern yeah. for the child's actual welfare. Yeah. What actually is best for the child. But I could use a friend on Dragonstone. I'll get lonely. Oh, look. I had that kid a long time ago. It's that kid. Yeah. Who doesn't even know me. Yeah. I'm going to take her away from everything she knows and loves. And you get to live with me now, kid. Well, it's going to bite Ugh. her in the ass. Sure is. It sucks. Anyways, but uh, that's that's pretty much the only thing I had on this. Part. That's the only thing you got. Yeah, I don't yeah. have I don't have a ton more. Um, you know, good on Alisan getting right back on the horse. That's a terrible analogy. Oh boy, sorry. <laughs> you want to try that one again? It's just really bad. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably hash it worse. Uh, no, I mean you know those are tough things. I've been through two of them. Uh, those are mm -hmm. tough things to get over, um, mm -hmm. you know, but they're, it's what they want. Good for them. Yep. Uh, anything else? Should we move to sign-offs? Oh, I, I had a great, great old time. It's a, it's a bit of an anticlimactic ending to this episode. No, no big cliffhanger, but hey, new air, new mm -hmm. air, we got yep. new air. Things are coming. That's what she said. Mm. That's what he said. <sighs> I mean, hopefully. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do sign-offs then. Uh, yeah, this is Matt, which is the simple one. Uh, it just means that I'm tired tonight. From Schitt's Creek, I just finished watching season five again. I watched it twice now. Um, let's go. This is Matt signing off saying, let's go. I've had enough waking hours for one day. <laughs> oh, I gotta get to Shit's Creek. I've been stuck on Deadwood for a bit. It's so good. Uh, okay, my sign-off. Thanks, Kalasar, uh, for listening. Um, there's something we, we kind of glossed over uh, today, but uh, it, was, um, it was related to the, the attack at the pool, at Maiden Pool. Uh, it just said in the text, but there are always some who will not be moved. And it's just true, man. Just when you find those people that won't be moved, just move on. Yep. Don't waste your energy. On to the next one. They won't be moved. That's all I got. All right. Good night, everybody. Well, I'm moving to my bed. I nice. may or may not go watch Deadwood. You've got coffee, so yeah, two cups. <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. So, was Billy everything you dreamed, dude, and more? Yeah, it was. I don't know if it was the combination of just being like. 
I'm seeing him again and I didn't think I'd ever see uh, his concert again. And yeah. then it being in the home. I mean, when they played New York state of mind, it was just, the, it was just electric in the stadium, you yeah. know, but it was, uh, it, even Nikki, who is not a huge Billy Joel fan was said it was her favorite part of the trip too. Oh, great. It was that good. Wow. So, and you guys, it was fantastic. You saw a show also. Yeah, we saw Frozen. Um, oh, and we're seeing that here that was, coming up sometime. It, it was nice. It's coming here. It was good. They did a good job. Uh, and then we saw the Radio City Rockettes. Oh goodness! Their Christmas program is going on. I fell asleep. <laughs> I was gonna say I. Uh, I support. Artistic careers of all kinds is, is what I'm what I mean to say. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, spent way too much money. We made a pact that we would only eat at non-chain restaurants. You know, like get the full New York experience. And we did. Did you? It was eat, fun. Did you eat at a hot dog cart? Yep. Got a hot dog. Uh, With the uh, yellow, yellow and blue, yellow and blue little cabana thing. Yep, those yeah. are the ones. Yep. Ate some pizza straight off a cart too. Nice. Uh, went to a lot of fun restaurants. Found a nice Brazilian place. Kind of tucked away. Uh, took a carriage ride through Central Park, and we did we wow. did a ton. Went you to the nine eleven memorial. Yeah. But at the same time, we slept in till 10 o'clock every morning. Oh. It was magical. <laughs> that might have been the best part of the trip. Yeah. It was just sleeping yeah. and getting up when we wanted. Some people are like, go, go, go on vacation to try to get to see everything. And it was like, no, this is our vacation, man. Let's. Yeah. So we slept till 10, but then we went hard the, the whole day. So it was a lot of fun. Definitely want to go back. It's great. Good for you guys. Glad you got to do that. Me too. Well, I just got back from a trip to Calgary for our company summit thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was so it my magical? Voice, my voice is shot. I don't know if you can tell. But uh, um, you got... Just you got you're, talking and... Yeah, well, I sang three karaoke songs on Monday, including Piano Man, which brought the house down. They loved it. Uh, nice. And then I emceed the ice event this morning. Oh, cool. So, and then, yeah, just lots of other talking and stuff and late nights and just, mm -hmm. yeah. I feel fine. This could be a fun my, night. my voice is just, you know, it's raw. Gone. Congratulations, Kalasar. You got, you know, a couple hours of this coming at you. Well, and I'm congested. I, you know, you come home from a vacation, you get sick immediately. So that's where I'm at right now. Great. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun night, guys. Yeah. I just I saw a meme that was comparing uh, how Oberyn Martell, also played by Mr. Pascal, wouldn't wear a helmet. You know, he refused to wear a helmet in his trial by combat. And That's funny. Now he's buried under a helmet in the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's funny. Did Oberyn wear a helmet? In the television series, no, I didn't. mean in the, I mean in the books. I can't even remember. Oh, you're backing us into that corner, Scott. Feels like you wore like a really small one. Yeah, it's been so long since we've been in the main series. Yeah, I know. Names like 
names like Oberyn Martell feel almost like foreign to me now. <laughs> well, that uh, sixth reread is always haunting me. Yep, it's right around the corner, buddy. I can feel I can feel it coming for me. It's like the yeah. slow knife. Man. I can feel I can feel at least a dozen of our blood riders screaming at us right now, saying <laughs> whether he wore a helmet or not. I know it's true. No and we love you for the fact that you do remember those things, but we don't. Yeah, apparently uh, the wildlings ate. Oh, sorry, I got an amber alert the... coming in. Oh. Line coming? Must be just. Huh. Thanks for outing where I live, Matt. Uh, we don't have to put it on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably edit out the Amber Alert anyway. Um. <laughs>